0: Dramatic moments captured on camera right before a helicopter crash. How the pilot and passengers survived.
1: Family outraged at the sentence for a deadly driver. There will never be justice for our daughter Olivia's senseless death. Why drunk driving charges
0: were stayed. And cases spike as a new COVID vaccine is approved.
2: It's coming probably in the second quarter, which means the period after uh, the 1st of April.
0: And the communication breakdown behind Dr. Henry's apology.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with the remarkable survival story. Two pilots escaped with their lives after their helicopter went down on Bowen Island in a harrowing crash caught on video.
0: John Waugh has more from witnesses who were shocked by what they found at the wreckage
4: site and what might have saved the pair. Tony Mainwaring said he first heard the sound. That really high pitch, whop wop, wop. He's going down. Then came the shock. He's going down. Of what they were actually seeing up in the sky. When
5: it came over the trees and started power rotating, I knew it was in trouble.
4: The shocking video capturing a helicopter spiraling to the ground near Mount Gardner Road on Bowen Island, right before the most terrifying moment of all.
5: When it's going down, it's going down. And kaboom, big impact.
4: Mainwaring and a friend called 911 and took to their trucks to search the wooded area for the wreckage, what they found even harder to believe.
5: I yelled up and I said, are you the pilot? And he goes, yes. And I went, God, is everybody all right? And he goes, yeah, we're fine.
4: The two men in the helicopter walking out on their own with only minor injuries, even how a tree fell on the wreckage, perhaps preventing a very different outcome.
5: It pretty well saved them from going off the bank. To see two people walk away from something like that is, you know, remarkable.
4: Airspan helicopters out of seashell confirmed to Global News it was their aircraft, and the two pilots were taken to hospital as a precaution. Witnesses say emergency health services arrived within minutes.
1: These patients are incredibly lucky to have walked away with uh,
6: minor injuries.
4: Watching the footage, one expert believes a loss of drive to the tail rotor might have caused the spin.
7: The pilot would lose control, uh, yaw control, which really keeps the the nose of the aircraft straight.
4: The Transportation Safety Board is investigating the crash, mainwaring who actually knew one of the pilots from their days working at BC Hydro, knows how much worse this could have been.
5: Oh, yeah. Actually, he said the heck with COVID, went up and shook his hand, going, I can't believe you're still alive.
4: Looking up at the sky in that moment. He's going down. It's clear someone He's was watching down. down on them. John Hua, Global News, Bowen Island.
1: A five-year prison sentence has been handed down in a Penticton beach attack that left a man with life-changing injuries. 23-year-old Thomas Kruger-Allen was sentenced today for the May 2019 assault that left Brad Eliasson with severe brain damage. Kruger-Allen pleaded guilty to one charge of aggravated assault, as well as the assault of two women. The incident began when Kruger-Allen grabbed one of the women. She resisted, and he punched her and a second woman who came to her aid. Kruger-Allen then punched Eliasson in what the defense called an unprovoked alcohol-fueled attack. With credit for time served, he will spend just shy of three years in a federal prison.
0: More anger and frustration aimed at the justice system today with the sentencing of a man who killed a new Westminster teenager in 2018. The family of the victim is angry that impaired driving charges were dropped, which also lowered the sentence. Jordan Armstrong reports.
8: I don't even have a response as to what our expectations are. They're not very high.
3: The gravity of this offense is very high, said the judge, and then he handed the driver five months. Five months for causing the death of Olivia Malcolm. (laughs) Star athlete, big sister, friend to many, killed just before her 20th birthday.
1: There will never be justice for our daughter Olivia's senseless death.
3: 45-year-old Chow Chen struck Olivia with his Jeep on Highway 17A in Delta as she was looking in the trunk. Chen admitted to drinking and tossing an open bottle of whiskey from his vehicle, but denied being impaired. He was charged with impaired driving causing death, but less than two weeks before trial, Olivia's family was stunned to learn the charges had been dropped.
1: Crown counsel would not tell us why the original impaired charges were dropped.
3: Spokesperson Dan McLaughlin said the decision was made after what he calls further information was received by the prosecutor. Adding, quote, after considering this information and conducting a full review of the investigative materials, the prosecutor concluded the charge approval standard on the original charges could no longer be met. In the end, Chen pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of dangerous driving causing death, a charge which carries a maximum sentence of 14 years.
5: So to be here today for five months? No.
8: Frustration.
5: Frustration. Total frustration. Like, how does he feel about all of this?
8: We yeah, are yeah, yeah, truly sorry, okay? We're yeah.
3: yeah. truly sorry. Chen had no criminal record, but he did have a driving record of speeding, driving without insurance, and driving with an elevated blood alcohol level, However, the judge said he could not find alcohol contributed in the crash that killed Olivia. For Chen, it's five months in jail, probation for two years, and a driving ban for three.
8: Thank you for your support.
3: For the Malcolm family, they go home exhausted by B.C.'s justice system.
8: Living out
1: the life sentence of Olivia being taken from us.
3: Jordan Armstrong, Global News.
1: Now, a sudden spike in our province's COVID-19 numbers.
0: B.C. has recorded its highest one-day case total in two months. We have 634 new cases, bringing our total to more than 83,000. Four people have died from COVID-19 in the past day. 255 people are in hospital. That's an increase of seven and the highest number of hospitalizations in a month. Sixty-six patients are in the ICU. There are just over 4,900 active cases and more than 8,800 people self-isolating.
1: Now, those rising case numbers are coming as another vaccine gets the green light. The first shipments of Johnson & Johnson's one-dose vaccine should start arriving sometime between April and June. Ten million doses have been promised by September, with the option for Canada to order more. The shot is easy to ship and store, as it can be kept in a refrigerator for at least three months. It is the fourth vaccine to be approved in Canada. For more on this, let's bring in our Legislative Bureau Chief, Keith Baldry, in Victoria. Uh, Keith, you heard from Health Minister Adrian Dix today. What do we know about how the Johnson & Johnson vaccine will affect BC's immunization plan?
7: Yeah, the news is only positive, Sophie. Amazing. About a month ago, there was so much uncertainty about our vaccination, our vaccine supply problem. You know, Pfizer shut down production. There have been delays, no guarantees. And suddenly we're about to become awash in vaccines. Take a look at what we're talking about with the four vaccines in terms of the contract signed with Canada and B.C. share. We get 13.6 of them. Pfizer, of course, the most, 40 million, as with Moderna. Our share is a little more than almost 5.5 million doses per vaccine AstraZeneca, smaller number, but still 2.7 million. And Johnson & Johnson, that's 10 million that could grow to as much as 28 million, but that works out to 1.4 million doses. That's if we get all those vaccines here in time. In terms of um, March, we're talking likely about 1 million Pfizer doses and about 60, 65,000 AstraZeneca doses. We caught up with Health Minister Adrian Dix, obviously likes what he hears here. This can only have a positive impact on the rollout that begins in earnest on
2: Monday. It obviously is really convenient for people. I think that they've found in other jurisdictions uh, where they've started to use it that that idea is quite popular with people. So uh, this vaccine, like the other three vaccines, has been proven to be very effective in clinical trials. And then in the real world, uh, Pfizer and Moderna have been extremely effective, and we expect the same from Johnson & Johnson.
7: So, you heard me reference the rollout on Monday. So, folks, if you're age 90 and older, you can phone a number that's going to be given out over the weekend, a different number for different health authority to book your appointment to get your vaccination one week after Monday. Again, if you're not 90 or over, do not phone these phone numbers. The last thing they want is for everybody phoning who shouldn't be phoning and crashing these phone lines. There's more than a number of people, of course, and tens of thousands of people over the age of 90. They want to get
0: through. And if you're not over
7: the age of 90, don't block their
0: access.
1: Mm -hmm. Your time will come. All right, Thanks, Keith.
0: Yeah. All right. Dr. Bonnie's uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry's decision to stretch the time between vaccination shots to 16 weeks has left many seniors in the lurch. Well, yesterday she apologized for the communications breakdown. As Richard Zussman reports, some long term care residents found out their shots were being canceled just hours before they were set to roll up their sleeves.
9: It was a day the residents at Orchard Manor and Kelowna were looking forward to. On Tuesday, around 200 people were set to attend a COVID vaccination clinic. But Monday night, it was cancelled.
10: To cancel it on these residents who, um, you know, have been the most vulnerable in this pandemic seemed very inhumane.
9: Diana Chappelle was scheduled to get her second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine as an essential visitor alongside her 91-year-old mother, a resident. The province's decision to extend the gap between first and second doses to 16 weeks means tens of thousands of cancelled second shots. It also means some long-term care residents who missed the original clinic don't have their first shot yet.
10: They have been told that they will be contacted with the information at some point.
9: The province's vaccination team is aware that some people in long-term care have missed their first dose now. And are working with those long-term care homes to ensure that they get the vaccine as soon as possible.
6: The health authorities are putting in place programs to be able to continue going out and on a regular basis picking up those long-term care residents who have not yet been vaccinated.
9: Health officials say the reasons the second doses were cancelled
6: immediately was to
9: boost who was getting at least some immunity.
6: It allows us to broaden the reach of our vaccine, Richard, and give more and more people earlier on, that protection.
9: In some cases, people showed up for an appointment they didn't know was cancelled, and no one was there, leading the province's top
8: doctor to apologise. And I know that came as a shock for many people, and I regret that our communications weren't able to keep up as uh, fast as the decision-making. But please know that this was made in the spirit of understanding data and maximising the benefit to all of us.
9: All the second doses will be rescheduled, But instead of this week, it will be this summer. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
1: Cleanup is underway after a windstorm slammed into parts of the south coast. BC ferries was forced to cancel a handful of sailings this morning, but service resumed by the afternoon once the winds died down. The wind did topple trees and knock out power in some areas. Thousands of BC Hydro customers in the Lower Mainland and Vancouver Island were left in the dark for hours. This fallen tree blocking busy marine drive near UBC, but it has since been cleared up. All right, let's bring in senior meteorologist Christy Gordon, who was tracking the storm this morning. Christy, let's have a look at the peak wind gusts. Mm. How bad did it get out there?
10: Well, the strongest were in through the Howe Sound region at 96 kilometers an hour. Uh, Saturna Island also reported an incredible gust up to 91. Now, along the edge here in the lower mainland from Point Atkinson right down to Metro Vancouver and Walson, we're talking about 70, 72 kilometers an hour. But I want you to note for a metro, oh, sorry, for YVR, that 70 kilometer an hour gust is the strongest we've ever seen on this day at the airport. So pretty strong, that's for sure. And it was all because of a cold front that swung through the region and behind it also interesting conditions sophie which i'll show you when i come back some areas seen incredible heavy rain and uh, mm-hmm. also a lot of beautiful colors in the sky i'm mm-hmm. sure all right thanks for that christy
0: a recall of critical equipment to keep backcountry wanderers safe the potentially fatal flaw with one version of an avalanche beacon and what the company finally did to fix it next on the news hour Canada's hockey dad tributes pour in to honor the amazing life of Walter Gretzky coming up on the news hour.
1: And Albertans look up to see something very unusual streaking across the early morning sky and this was no meteor. What explains it coming up on the news hour.
0: Right now, though, four years after a Squamish-based skier was killed in an avalanche, there's a voluntary recall of the avalanche beacon he was wearing at the time.
1: The coroner says the beacon malfunctioned, and that played a role in his death. And as Aaron MacArthur reports, the recall comes after another near miss.
0: All right, we're having technical issues with that uh, story at the moment. Uh, We'll go on to the next thing, if we can.
1: Oh, I think we're going to throw to a break. Uh, Still ahead, right after this break, off-roaders go offside.
2: We have not seen one single enforcement officer out here,
1: Not one. Their refusal to stay out of critical salmon habitat coming up.
0: But first, no trespassing, a big win in court for wealthy landowners, and a big loss for these guys who want access to provincial lakes.
6: Final clearing stages
1: of a four-car crash here in Pitt Meadows, eastbound on Lougheed Highway east of Harris Road. Traffic is still down to one lane eastbound and backed up solid from the Pitt River Bridge. Today's Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated $29 million. Lotto Max, dream to the max. I'm sure she was in Global One, high above a crash on Lougheed Highway.
0: All right, we've solved our technical issues. and want to take you back to that story about a device that was designed to save lives but tragically failed a Squamish man.
1: As Aaron MacArthur reports, the company that makes the Avalanche Beacon is now issuing a recall.
6: Maybe he just got separated from the group, Uh, you know, maybe he just broke his arm, he broke his ski. You know, all these scenarios go through your mind.
11: But it was the worst-case scenario. Brianne Howard's husband, Corey Lynham, killed in a 2017 avalanche near Whistler. It took a search party four hours to locate his body in the slide debris. It was discovered his avalanche beacon was in search mode. Something the experienced backcountry skier would never have done.
6: Any impact or force could push the mode and switch it to either off, um, send or receive. So when I engaged with Black Diamond, it was, and Peeps, it was, you know, it's obvious that there is a design flaw here. Um, I think that, you know, it should be recalled.
8: The
11: most crucial part of your snow safety kit, instead, the companies offered up an instruction video on how to properly use the beacon. This wasn't an isolated incident. Pro skier Nick McNutt had the same thing happened to him last winter. And if not for the film crew he was with pinpointing his exact location, no one would have been able to receive a signal from his beacon either. The force of the slide pushed the beacon into the wrong
5: mode. We were smart. We did all the right things, but we got lucky. The
11: BC Coroner's Service agrees there is a problem with this beacon. A report into Lynham's death highlights the concerns about its function and about the industry's minimum testing standards. Black Diamond has always maintained that the Peeps DSP beacon is safe, but earlier this week issued a voluntary recall to ensure customer confidence in the product. It's a step search and rescue professionals think isn't strong enough. They shouldn't be on the market and I think that uh, people should get rid of them. The peeps DSP sport, one of the world's most popular avalanche beacons, as many as 200,000 have been manufactured since 2014. It is still for sale online.
6: Spreading the word as best I can is is all I'm trying to do. Uh, more people understanding that this is it's not not
11: safe to use. Aaron MacArthur Global News. A huge BC cattle
0: ranch near Merritt has won a court battle that will allow it to block access to two public lakes.
1: As Lindy Ellsworth reports, the fish and game club that was fighting for access claims it's a huge blow for recreation right across the country.
2: Don't touch my truck. A few weeks ago, we told you about the situation on Gill Bar a stretch of gravel and river channels near Chilliwack that biologists call the heart of the Fraser because of the critical fish habitat here. But lately, it's also been popular with off-roaders. And every time one of them drives through a channel or bogs down in the mud, biologists say incubating fish eggs are destroyed.
12: There are chum reds right in all these channels that these vehicles are charging through.
2: After our story, The Department of Fisheries and Oceans told Global News they'd opened a file and were going to put up signs to try and educate the off-roaders.
5: He'll get out. Yeah, he'll get out.
2: Now, new pictures show the education campaign has not gone as planned, with the signs torn down and destroyed, and new video that appears to show off-roaders continuing to make heavy use of the area. One video appears to show a jet boat skimming the gravel bars before landing back in the river. The people that are out there are not getting the message. John Waring is one of the conservationists who first brought the issue to Global News. He's frustrated that weeks after publicizing the problem, the Department of Fisheries and Oceans still hasn't found a way to stop destruction of fish habitat, which is against the law. This would be like the government allowing a herd of crazy elephants to run amok through our neighborhoods every day, trampling everything that we have and not doing anything about it. But DFO told Global News Friday that things are likely to change soon. An official acknowledged the threat to fish habitat and said after an ongoing biological assessment is done, enforcement is likely to happen. Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: All right, clearly that was not the story that we had talked about. No. uh, About uh, public access to private property. We'll find that for you and we'll bring it to you as soon as we iron out these technical issues.
0: In the meantime... The government is asking people for advice on how to best manage one of B.C.'s most popular and most Instagrammed parks.
1: In 2019, nearly 200,000 people visited Joffrey Lakes Park, east of Pemberton. That popularity led to major traffic problems and a a suboptimal experience for many of those visitors. Now the ministry, Lilwat and Nkwakwa First Nations, are asking for the public to weigh in With ideas like free day-use passes in order to control the number of visitors in the park, you can take part through the BC Parks website.
0: All right, now we're going to take you back to that big battle against the uh, cattle ranch near Merritt that will allow that cattle ranch to block public access to two lakes.
1: As Linda Aylesworth tells us, the Fish and Game Club that was fighting for access says this will be a blow felt right across Canada. The Douglas Lake Ranch
8: in B.C.'s interior has long been known for its cattle. It's the largest privately owned ranch of its kind in Canada. But in the last few years, it's become better known for something else.
13: They were locking the public out to take control of the crown land. And we found that this um, was going on all over British Columbia in every community.
8: He's talking about Minnie and Stony Lakes, two crown-owned lakes in the middle of the ranch's vast 700-acre property. In the mid-1980s, the ranch closed its gates, denying recreational fishermen access. And so a couple of years ago, the Nicola Valley Fishing Game Club went to court and won.
13: Yes! Well, the lower court upheld um, existing legislation that uh, the public had a right to access public lakes, and that the road, in fact, was a public road.
8: And so the gates were opened, and using public funds, the lakes were stocked with rainbow trout. But the access was short-lived, because the Douglas Lake Cattle Company disputed the ruling in court, and today, they won.
13: The Court of Appeal judges have reversed that, and now completely privatized um, access to the lakes and said that there is no access to these lakes and you cannot fish either one of them
8: well some people can fish the lakes the ones who are paying guests at the ranch's fishing lodges where they can have unlimited access to stony and many lakes or enjoy one of the top producing lakes in canada
13: we're not objecting to uh private fishing resorts on on lakes. We're only objecting that they're locking the public out of public
8: places. That the Nicola Valley Fishing Game Club is disappointed is an understatement. They worry that this decision will set a precedent.
13: There's lakes like in big ranches and farms in the prairies and stuff completely surrounded by private property. Um, This is going to guarantee that them lakes will always be private forever.
8: Which is why they plan to go back to court. This time, the Supreme Court of Canada. Aylesworth, Global News.
0: Still to come, mixed messages in the fight against COVID. We're not done. We're not done. The White House says one thing, but some states are doing another with fears of another spike coming.
1: And how going to jail was the best thing that ever happened to former NHL prospect Brady Liebel and why he's sharing his story now. Over the Portman Bridge, dealing with a stall eastbound at the west end in the right through lane. Traffic is starting to get a little backed up on the approach out of Coquitlam. For 47 years, Kermac Collision and Auto Glass has provided unmatched superior customer service and satisfaction. With 18 lower mainland locations, there's a Kermak in your neighborhood. Visit Kermac.com. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above the Portman Bridge. TransLink is testing a technology to sanitize the air and surfaces on buses. The photocatalytic oxidation, or PCO, technology is already used by hotels and restaurants. It works by circulating low levels of hydrogen peroxide to kill pathogens like viruses. A one-month pilot project will begin Saturday on one articulated bus and two double-deckers. TransLink will analyze the testing data to determine if the technology can then be widely implemented implemented.
0: And while COVID-19 cases across the United States have fallen from their peak earlier this year, the country is still averaging more than 70,000 every day. But that hasn't stopped several states from easing restrictions.
1: And that comes amid an ongoing battle in Washington over how to get the country's economy back online. Global's Reggie Cicchini has the latest.
14: Scenes like this are a reminder that the end is in sight, but a pandemic isn't over until it's over.
13: We're not done. We're not done.
14: After six weeks of steep decline, new cases around the United States have stalled out around 70,000 per day, and it's a worrying sign for disease experts.
3: When you have that much of viral activity in a plateau,
5: it almost invariably means that you are at risk for another spike.
14: That risk has delayed guidance for how to resume activities amongst vaccinated people. 8% of the country has at least one shot, but hesitancy still exists. Take Detroit's mayor, refusing shipment of Johnson & Johnson's product, incorrectly citing lower efficacy. That resistance poses a risk to recovery, but so too does dwindling stamina.
3: After April the 9th, I will not
14: keep the mask Order. alabama now one of at least 15 states that will no longer require face coverings pitting public health officials against state leaders
13: wear a mask now so we can get to a place where you don't have to we no longer need
14: government running your lives it's this mixed messaging and blend of impatience and politics that's given this virus a persistent upper hand
5: we are not going to be timid in the face of big challenges
14: The virus has left the American economy in tatters, and relief by way of a $1.9 trillion bill is a highly charged subject.
13: This isn't a pandemic rescue pack. It's a parade of left-wing pet projects. Table of
14: contents. To jam up the process to pass it, Republicans forced an 11-hour reading of the bill and could introduce unlimited amendments, leaving struggling Americans desperate for a return to normal to wait even longer. And new CDC data gathered between March and December shows that under a mask mandate, cases and deaths began to fall just 20 days later. Well, with indoor dining, the number of deaths and cases rose 40 to 60 days out. And that's raising alarms as more states ease restrictions. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington.
0: The COVID-19 pandemic disrupted many cancer services last year, and that is a major concern when it comes to pancreatic cancer, given the very poor survival rates. Now, advocates are calling on governments to fund a Health Canada-approved drug that can extend patient life. Elizabeth McSheffrey reports.
6: When Darren Zwicker was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2016, he was determined to beat the odds.
2: Much to my wife's chagrin, I I worked almost every day that I was in the hospital. I'd have my laptop on my lap, I'd be sitting in the bed, I'd be on the phone.
6: Pancreatic is among the world's deadliest cancers, but there is a way to give some patients more time. Onivide is a drug proven to increase overall patient survival by 45%. It's approved by Health Canada, but confidential negotiations to fund it ended without agreement in 2019. It's available in the United States, but nowhere in Canada.
2: It's disappointing and shocking, actually, that that the provincial and federal government doesn't look at at a second-line defense for people and support it.
6: Concerns have been expressed about the drug's cost-effectiveness, but for those battling the disease now...
2: It's kind of
15: maddening. How can you put a dollar stamp on someone's life?
6: The COVID-19 pandemic is actually part of the reason advocates are pushing governments to reconsider funding Onivide now. A lack of screening and other cancer services last year has experts predicting a surge in late-stage diagnoses in 2021. That's especially concerning for pancreatic cancer, which kills at least 90% of patients within five years.
16: And I think we're starting to see it now, is that we're seeing more patients present with later-stage disease than what we were used to
6: seeing. They are
14: now uh, patients who are are living with a life-limiting disease, and yet, you know, the one thing that could give them extra time with their family, you know, better quality of life is not available to them.
6: Here in Nova Scotia, the government says it's open to considering a more cost-effective proposal from Onavide's manufacturer should it arise. Elizabeth McSheffrey, Global News, Halifax.
0: Straight ahead, a trip to jail that turned into a wake-up call. Being stabbed, being hit with a baseball bat. Former Kelowna Rocket Brady Leibold describes his journey from NHL prospect to podcaster.
1: And Connect's GM Jim Benning hosts what some describe as a bizarre press conference, given the team's struggles this year. A very unusual sight in the sky over Alberta early yesterday morning.
0: To some, it looked like UFOs traveling right over Calgary. Experts say it was likely part of the Starlink satellite project, which eventually will provide Internet access throughout the world. The satellites are carried up and then dispersed by a SpaceX rocket.
1: Had a few strange sights in the sky in Alberta lately.
0: (laughs) It's true. Meteors and then satellites.
1: All right, uh, let's bring Christy Gordon back in for a look at our forecast after a blustery start to this morning, Christy. Yeah.
10: Yeah, so it was a cold front that moved across the region, yeah, gusty conditions, and then in behind the cold front, also interesting conditions. Here's a look at a video from Cheryl Marie in Vancouver. There were pockets, if you got caught in one, it was intense rain as it fell, so incredible rain in some areas, whereas other areas saw blue sky. It certainly was blue here in North Van, and then what do we get when we have those intense cells and some sunshine, yes, we get these beautiful rainbows. So we had a ton of photos of these rainbows across the region, and full rainbows, as you can see here, which is really great to see. So thank you for to everyone for all of your photos. Okay, so what we have is these spotty conditions. That's more like instability, and we are going to continue to see that into tomorrow. So expect some sunshine. Expect also brief downpours of rain, and then as we head into Saturday evening, we'll likely see a heavier band push across. So that will be mainly overnight Saturday and then Sunday still looking unsettled so it's not consistent rain uh, but we are certainly going to see uh, some rain on and off through our Saturday and our Sunday meanwhile those of you in the interior also some nice breaks of blue sky but a chance of showers 10 degrees as our daytime high in Vancouver tomorrow so not too bad at all and then on Monday it looks like we head towards a nice stretch of weather Monday Tuesday and Wednesday so a little unsettled this weekend and then a pretty nice uh, stretch of weather here's your central windows weather window for tonight A Friday rainbow for you all, and a happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. Thanks, Christy.
0: Good. All right, former pro hockey player Brady Leivold is sharing his experiences of drug addiction and jail after his life hit rock bottom when he robbed a taxi driver at Knife Point.
1: Five years later, he is on the road to recovery, going from NHL prospect to podcaster. Travis Lowe reports.
12: All the overdoses, uh, multiple suicide attempts, time, lots of time in the psych ward. Former pro hockey prospect Brady Lievold recounts his life as an addict. Being shot at, being stabbed, being hit with a baseball bat. But what that doesn't include is what Lievold did to others in a drug-fueled days he spent looking to score on Vancouver's downtown east side. Violence that put him behind bars. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. In hindsight, the former Kelowna Rocket swears that going to jail saved him from an overdose death. Every day I wake up, I take a big deep breath, and I'm like, hey, you know what, I'm still alive. Now, two years out of jail and living in Ontario. Episode number 32, Hockey to Hell and Back. I'm Brady Liebold, coming at you guys from Muskoka, Ontario. Levold is producing a podcast to help him face the daunting task of putting his once promising life back together we're going to talk about all things hockey all things addiction using social media to tell his story and the story of others who have struggled with addiction and mental health issues as a kind of personal therapy we've kind of you know come together um, to show people that it's okay to be not okay lieveld has founded the puck support network an organization that promotes mental health for the entire hockey community the premise of it is to you know Provide support for those who are struggling, uh, but maybe more importantly, develop a, a channel of uh, education to get to the younger, you know, players, the coaches coming up, the parents. Leibold says that he's off the hard drugs now, but he knows that once an addict, always an addict doesn't matter if I'm a, a year clean, two years clean, or from people I've talked to, 25 years clean. It's always there lurking. And that's why day-to-day, Leibold focuses on his podcast and the Puck Support Network to help others and to help keep him straight on the road to recovery. Travis Lowe, Global News, Kelowna. Good for him. Yeah, for sure. Good
0: luck in your continued recovery, Brady. And the hockey world lost a legend. Walter Gretzky, father of the great one Wayne Gretzky, has passed away at 82 years old.
1: Walter died on Thursday following a nine-year <laughs> battle with Parkinson's. He, of course, is considered by many to be Canada's greatest hockey dad. Walter guided Wayne to become the great one. Wayne posted a statement on Twitter saying, He inspired me to be the best I could be, not just in hockey, but in life. Haley Wickenheiser also tweeted this photo of her dad and Walter saying, as good as they come, we will miss you, Wally.
0: What a life. And, I mean, recovered from a stroke back in 1991, too. Is a real tough, tough guy for sure. All right, uh, Squire joins us now with a look ahead to Sports.
15: He's also one of those guys that no one ever said a bad word about. Mm-hmm. He traveled across the country. He did so many charity events, speaking events. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, Jim Benning today faced more shots than his goalies usually do in a game. It was his uh, mid-season press conference, and he said, "You might not like
16: 2021, but you really love 2023." My hope is that in a couple of years, that we're, you know, we have a, a type of team that's competitive every night. Okay,
15: well, the State of the Union, according to Jim Benning.
1: Also coming up tonight, satellite debris. Ah! Ah!
0: All right, a lot of uh, Canucks fans were hoping for a pound of flesh in some way from, from Jim Benning. What did they really get, Squire? Well, that's not going to happen, obviously. <laughs> it's, the, the one thing I will
15: say, it's hard to trade people right now, especially with American teams, because you'd have to wait two weeks for a player. And firing the coach, well, is that going to make much of a difference right now? I don't know. Anyway, Jim Benning held a press conference today and basically told Canucks Nation, you're going to have to wait a couple of more years for a good team. I mean, it's only year seven of our nine-year plan. Uh, basically, the reason is the Canucks have painted themselves into a salary cap corner by signing the wrong guys for too much money and for too many years. And because of that, they could not take advantage of players like Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes when they're on their first and cheapest contract. So you have to be patient until the bad contracts they signed run out.
5: Jim Benning won't actually say it, of course, but judging by the tone of his comments, this COVID-shortened season is a bit of a write-off for the Canucks. Sure, they still want to make a push to make the playoffs, but that busy early schedule put them in a huge hole, and it would take an incredible run over the second half of the season to make the top four. And with a stacked division, that doesn't seem likely. So Benning's vision is looking ahead to the future,
16: where he still sees growth from his young team our core players like you know they still need to mature a little bit yet and you know i, I think you know in in two years time i think we we're going to be real competitive and have a chance to compete for the cup but we have to you know keep building keep adding players to our group and our and our young core players have to continue to grow and get better and in two years the contracts of Louis erickson Antoine Roussel
5: and Jay Beagle will finally be off the books, freeing up $12 million in badly needed cap space. Until then, Benning still has to sign Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes and Thatcher Demko to new deals, and by then they will be in their prime. This year they are taking their lumps, but that might not be a bad thing in the grand scheme of things.
16: I look at it as adversity is, is a good thing. People are hard on you, but you try to figure out a way to get better. Uh, your players, you know, everybody involved coaching, management. We have to be mentally tough to get through these tough times, but I think once we get through them, it's going to make, you know, everybody stronger. Certainly, Travis Green has had to
5: deal with all of this adversity without a contract extension. With the Canucks likely to miss the playoffs, Green's future would seem uncertain, but Benning says he's not about to follow the Canadians and Flames lead with a coaching change.
16: My feeling on Travis is, is we really like him. He's done a good job with this group. Um, he's our coach. I'm not going to comment on coaching negotiations, but you know it's something that we would like to get done moving forward. I'm not looking to to make a coaching change. I think him and his staff have done a good job with our group. Alex Hedler sends it to scores! My hope is that in a couple of years that we're. You know, we have a, a type of team that's competitive every night and they can compete for the Cup.
15: The one thing I didn't like, you can't be whining about the schedule or the division. Canucks really haven't had many injuries this year and they still haven't played all that well. Although, last night when they beat Toronto, they uh, didn't have Elias Petterson. He left practice yesterday after getting hurt in that two-game series with Winnipeg. We don't know exactly what he has, but Jim Benning did give us an update just the same.
16: He's day to day right now. Um, he he got hit and uh, banged up a little bit uh, the first game in Sanders. Winnipeg. He played the second game and uh, tweaked, you know, what he had going a little bit from before. So he's day to day, and and so as soon as he's 100 percent healthy, he'll get back playing again.
15: BCHL owners have put off any discussions of whether to continue the season or give it up. They're gonna leave that until Monday at the earliest. Because of that, they'll have discussions with the provincial health officer over the weekend about possibly playing a shortened season. Arnold Palmer, invitational. There's There's Arnold right there, immortalized. And this is Corey Connors of Ontario making an eagle putt on 16. Three under today, nine under for the tournament, and that's good for a one-shot lead. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor at number six saw Chez Reevee hold it with a mm-hmm. Oh, oh, stuff. oh. Unfortunately, that still wasn't enough to help him uh, make the cut. Adam Hadwin also missed the cut. There you go. Darn it. Thanks, Squire.
1: Let's uh, check in with Jade Durant now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. J.D.?
15: Thank you, Sophie. There's been a troubling trend in the latest B.C. drug overdose stats. Almost half of the record 165 deaths in January Had what's known as Benzodope as a contributing factor. We'll meet a man who found himself addicted to the drug, as well as a researcher who's trying to find a solution to the problem. Plus, they're usually a place where neighbors can share books, but some women in East Vancouver have started a similar initiative with a so-called period pantry. We'll explain those stories and more coming up tonight at 11.
1: All right, thanks, Jay.
0: And when we come back with Squire, it's satellite debris. Stick around.
1: All right, it's what we wait all week for, Squire.
15: I'm he- happy to help. <laughs> End the week right. Okay, uh, first from Jeep 2001 an Animal Space Audit. <laughs> I don't discuss the products. I just show oh. the commercials. <laughs> uh, this from Greenies Dog Treats.
5: What's that? Hey. Ah! 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 Ah!
9: Ah!
0: Dogs don't know what's good for them. Greenies Dental Treats. Something
11: better for your dog to chew on. All right.
15: <laughs> this one, one is a leftover from the uh, Super Bowl. It's a but it's not, uh, what you see is not always what is correct.
12: <laughs> Superstars. Who knows what goes through their minds when the stakes are this high. When their legacy is on
11: the line.
13: Sometimes you just want a hard seltzer.
11: A hard seltzer with no carbs. With no sugar. I who needs that? I want a hard seltzer. That's
3: USDA certified organic.
6: With no artificial aftertaste.
3: But in a world where most things seem real,
5: sometimes they're not. Doc hey, the Cheetle. Man, get off my buff. That's fair. New Michelob ultra organic seltzer is real. And it tastes that way. You're not real. You almost fooled me. Lookalikes. Bony. New no Michelob
12: Ultra organic seltzer, as real as it tastes. Oh, and I'm not Christopher Walken. <laughs>
1: We thought he was.
0: Be careful. Unbelievable. All right, on that note, have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for watching.
1: Good night, all.